Welcome back to The Cycle 365. I'm Cody Stoffer. I'm Jesse Booten. And this is episode 18, and we are without Simon, because he's a little sick. Yes, young Simon Villanos is sick tonight. And it's very considerate of Mr. Villanos to not get us sick, I guess, even though I saw him last night. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, we got a very minimal show today in light of recent events. Yeah. Where we're going to be talking some Kobe Bryant, and then we'll wrap it up at the end of the show with a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, and we could talk a little bit, if you'd like, about... um, the Pro Bowl didn't really matter, so we're not going to talk about that. But we can talk about the uh, college all-star games, if you want. I didn't get to watch any of them. No, I didn't watch a ton of them, but we can select that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So, starting off, in case you live under a rock and you only get your sports news through the Cycle 365, Kobe Which would Bryant... be kind of awesome. It would be awesome if you did that. Yeah, it would be awesome if you did that. So, thank you if you have. I'm not trying to make fun of you. But Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter crash amongst eight others. Including his daughter. Including his daughter, some teammates from his daughter's basketball team, mm-hmm. and their parents, as well as coaches, yeah. and the pilot. Yeah. And they just identified Kobe and the baseball coach, John... I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name, but quite the tragic event to wake up to on Sunday. Jesse messaged me in the morning just in disbelief that Kobe died. I said, I can't believe Kobe died. And Cody goes, no, it's a joke. It's not real. Yeah, because it was first reported by TMZ. And like, you know TMZ? They report like, ooh, Daniel Radcliffe cheated on his lover. (laughs) Just stupid stuff. But then when it came out on ESPN, you you knew it. You knew it was real. Because ESPN and Woj don't lie. Yeah. So it was a sad day. I I feel like for me the saddest part, not only losing like a pop culture icon, but definitely like the kids part was like really sad. Yeah. Because there are three 13 year olds on there. Yeah, and they were on their way to their basketball game. The it's called it's Kobe's Kobe's team basically. I think it's they're called, literally called the Mamas. Yeah, they're called the Mambas. So. Um, and that's what his daughter plays on, and her, 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 uh, like, his daughter's friends were going with him, teammates. Um, so yeah, they were on their way to their basketball game. Um, it wasn't that long of a flight. They said it was supposed to be, like, a, an hour or, or less. I think it was, like, flight. 30 minutes, maybe. Even. Yeah. hmm But then they crashed into a hillside. Yeah. It's very um, unfortunate. Yeah. The helicopter and... caught fire. And there were I mean, no survivors. I mean, when a helicopter crashes, the chances of survival are probably already pretty, pretty low. low. Yeah. So, but there's they still have the investigation open. Yeah, they're so. still investigating what happened, why the helicopter went down. Because um, we have no idea. Yeah. Um, like pre, pre investigation thoughts were that there was just a malfunction in the airplane. Or the helicopter, I should say. Because um, it was, I mean, because it says that the pilot was in contact with the nearby uh, air, tra- air traffic control people, and there was no other planes in the area, so they didn't hit anything or anything like that. The only thing they were advising him to do was to climb higher in altitude out of the fog, because it was supposed to be a dense fog, supposedly a dense fog that morning in California. Um, and they asked him to to gain altitude over over the hills that that he was, they're flying over, so they could pick him up on radar. And what they think, well, what they said, eyewitnesses account says they saw the, saw the uh, the helicopter truck start to climb, and then all of a sudden it started falling to the ground. So that's why it wasn't. I don't think it was operator error. I think it was just a malfunction in the helicopter. I mean, that sounds like a tough conditions to fly in. So. Yeah, but that's nothing new for. Pilots, like, pilots fly that all the time. Dense fog. So, and I'm sure, I'm sure that pilot has done the route multiple times. Yeah, probably. So, that's why I do agree with the, the experts, and I do think it was a malfunction in the helicopter, which happens. I mean, sounds legitimate. Yeah. So, 
but we'll we'll see what happens from it. Yeah. And I do know if you're if you're listening and you want to know an answer from what I know about plane crash and stuff that inv- these investigations take long lot long time. Like there could be it could be multiple years. So we're not going to have an answer for you anytime soon possibly. We possibly could, but the likelihood could be anywhere from a year to four years. Has like, your dad investigated helicopter crashes? Um, I'm not going to disclose on the air what my dad does, but yes, he's been, he's investigated them and stuff like that. Um, but he does less, he doesn't do as much. It was more of the like airplane federation that come in and, and do it because they okay. have people that train for that. He does not do that, but he's been on the site of them. Fair enough. But I know, yeah, there's some there's some crashes, especially ones that have to do with malfunctions of the aircraft could take four years to, to figure out. Like, it'd be easy if if they knew, like, the pilot had, like, had a seizure or passed out or something like that, but there's no evidence to that. So if it is a malfunction with the aircraft, it could take years to figure out what actually happened because they have to, like, take all the wreckage right it's crazy because it's all just splintered pieces everywhere and they recreate it and they look and see what what is different but they're still clearly missing pieces so that's why it takes so long i know in past um past aircraft uh accidents and stuff they the reason it takes four years is because all the pieces aren't recovered from the crash but then four years down the road another crash similar happens and they know what happened on that one so then they can go back and look into that with this one so that's why it takes forever well, the more you know. Yeah. I had no idea about these investigations. Yeah, so investigation could take a while. But anyway, we can turn back to sports now. That's more of like airplane, aircraft. Hey, you never know what you're going to get when you tune into the Cycle 365. Yeah. And today you got... A lesson in a, aircraft. You got disclosure. I mean, because for some people, I know that, you know, you and I, we didn't grow up watching a ton of basketball. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some listeners that may be affected a bit more than us because... Kobe was a lot of people's hero. Yeah. Even in the NBA. Uh-huh. So I think yeah, I think that's a good thing. I could um it could go there. Like if he is your hero, like he wasn't killed on purpose, like it was just a freak accident that happened to and that's what happens to aircraft. Aircraft malfunction sometimes and most of the time they can they can recover, the pilots can recover if it's like they have fail safes for that, but in this situation, unfortunately, the pilot couldn't recover in time. Yeah. And it, it was definitely a shame because Kobe's retirement was looking really promising, not mm-hmm. only with his involvement with his daughters and those basketball teams, but he also was doing a lot of, even, I mean, during his career, he did a lot of philanthropic work, but he was especially dedicated and focused on that as, you know, just trying to be the best person he could be and mm-hmm. the best father he could be. Yeah, no, he's, he was a great person. That's why it's it's a, it's a tragedy. Yeah. For, for those who don't know, outside off the basketball court. I was looking into this today and he did a lot of work with actually like veteran families, like for families that lost people overseas or had people shipped overseas. He did a lot of volunteer work with them and like helped them out financially if they were needed. And you know, that's just, that's a stand up guy. And he did a lot of things for children's sports, especially like girls sports and stuff like that with his daughter having gone through the process about opening up opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot of work off the court and he was just kind of getting started too. Yeah. Yeah. So it also it was pretty interesting that it comes the day after LeBron James passed him in career scoring. Yeah. His la- that was his last tweet was a congratulations to LeBron. Yeah. Cause it's just a class act, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's, Definitely insane. Jesse, what is, I'd, I'd ask, what's your most vivid memory of like Kobe? And when was like the first time you heard about Kobe Bryant? Cause those, those could be two different things or they can be the same thing. Yeah, no, definitely two different things. The first time I ever like heard the word Kobe, like it was like, it was like you know, when you're in school and your friends go Kobe and they like shoot the thing into the, the trash can. Yeah. That's the first time I ever heard about it. But at that point I was like, what the heck does that mean? And then I like started to understand like, oh, that's Kobe Bryant. Like he, Splashes home threes every yeah, day. He's a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the first time I heard about him, but I didn't really, like, start to, um, like, really know who he was until I got into playing 2K. Because <laughs> on my 2K games, <laughs> then I started to get to know him. Because I, I didn't watch a ton of, of pro basketball when I was growing up. I'm definitely more of a football guy, um, which is why 
on the podcast. I don't talk much basketball because I just don't know that much about it. But I, mean, I know. But you know who Kobe know Bryant basketball. is. Of course, I know who Kobe Bryant is. Um, you know, the Lakers have always been dominant in the West. They beat the Nuggets multiple times. And <laughs> you used to not like Kobe Bryant because yeah. of how many points he would score against the score against the Nuggets. Nuggets. And but um, so yes, I know, obviously I know who Kobe <clears throat> Bryant was. Um, but yeah, so I would say. I'd say 2K is when I really figured out who he was. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. What was, I guess, like, do you remember ever watching a game with Kobe in it, like, specifically? Um, well, the only one I really, really vividly remember was his last game where he scored 60. Like, we watched that one, that's because I was older and more interested in around, around sports, like, a bunch of different sports, not just football. Did you watch it with friends, or what was the scene? Uh, I think it was just the only thing on, so <laughs> we watched it. I mean, you could have watched the Golden State game that night. I don't like Golden State, so. Fair enough. I would rather watch <laughs> Kobe Bryant and the Lakers than Golden State. Than Golden State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I I actually watched that game, and I, I knew what it was. It was on a school night, mm-hmm. and I was like, I have to watch the Kobe game tonight. So I went downstairs, kicked my brother off the TV. I said, I'm watching Kobe right now. And watched the watched his last game, and then my dad came down about like halfway through the game. He's like, "What are you watching?" Well, it's Kobe's last game. He's like, "Oh!" So he sat down and we watched the game together as he put up sixty points and got the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see this graphic on social media earlier this well, yeah, earlier this week. It's only Wednesday, wow. But anyway, yeah, um, earlier this week that um, had a little highlighted point of every single point. But like on the court where Kobe scored every single point and it showed his last one where he scored his 60th point in the last game. And I think it was like an 18, 18 foot jumper from the right wing. So, that was for the lead. Yeah. And for the 60th point. So, but yeah. Did you, I, I actually rewatched the uh, game on ESPN that night because the Thunder game was so bad. Oh yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, the Thunder got stomped by the map, so I watched the Kobe game instead. Yeah. And he really meant a lot to that entire city. Like, yeah, well, he's, all I the mean, celebrities showed up, mm-hmm. other players that didn't have games showed up. Yeah. So. When, uh, I mean, if you think about it, first of all, a 20-year career is is crazy for, well, not that crazy for basketball, because it's not as taxing on the body as some other sports, but. It's still crazy still for Still 20 years is a long time, yeah. And I would say... I would say he's part of the reason that the Lakers are who they are, and like they're supposed to be the, um, you know, like the team that everyone looks up to. And it's because Kobe made that team. Yeah, definitely the face of the Lakers. I feel like I remember watching the NBA Finals in 2009 and 2010, where he went back to back against the Celtics, mm-hmm. because my grandpa. Was a Boston fan. He grew up in the Northeast, and he, you know he was cursing up this up a storm and just being like, "Kobe!" Like he was so mad. Yeah. And I just remember like, "Oh, Kobe Bryant! How's he making him this mad?" And I was like, "Oh, because he doesn't miss yeah. anything ever." Yeah. Um, I mean, and then like, if you're still a little confused, like the magnitude of this thing is, or the magnitude of, of this player of Kobe Bryant is, people have put him in the the like top three of all time, like with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. Like they're, they're probably Those the three best. Those are the best. three that are debated the most. Yeah, like who's the best player in, in the NBA history? Well, you and, know what's shocking to me is like, Kobe passed away before Michael Jordan did. I know, Michael Jordan is still alive. Like Michael Jordan is still alive. And yes. Kobe started his career near the end mm-hmm. of Jordan's career. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I did see that I think I don't know if it was true or not, but I thought something that they're going to honor Kobe by putting him in the Hall of Fame this year. So, we'll see if that happens, but... Yeah, I wonder who's going to do his Hall of Fame speech. Probably his... Maybe his wife. You'd think his wife. Yeah, I hope, I hope she's doing okay, yeah, by the way. Yeah, Thoughts to her for losing a husband and a child. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's tough because they have, what, she has three other kids? I think so. Yeah, so that's tough going from... Having a husband and another kid and four kids now just by yourself with three other kids. Yeah. Like that's so that's crazy. I, I don't really like I I too have been scrolling on social media and 
know, it's the number one topic right it's now, trendy, obviously, because right? it's, it's, it's right insane. Now. And a lot of people, I feel like, don't really understand how big of a deal this is. Yeah. Like, this is a, this is equivalent to, like, Michael Jackson or mm-hmm. Tupac. Like, yeah. just because of the suddenness of which event of such a... Yeah, I mean, I know it's not the best, like, analogy, but in the sports world, this is like 9-11. Yeah. Like, this is, like, that's what happens in the sports world. Like it's it, it, instant, it's instant, instant like and shocking, yes. and and it was on every TV and like everyone knew about it worldwide. I mean, look, look how yeah you have the mural in the Philippines. You know mm-hmm. he has all of his experiences in Italy, and he was a multiple gold medal athlete. Yeah, yeah. so everyone around the world knows mm-hmm. who Kobe Bryant is. Yeah, and for him to just he got suddenly die like that. Yeah, like it it's it's a real shock, and you know we're still. We're still figuring out how to deal with it, but I don't even remember what I was on about, about social media. You said you're upset about something. We were talking about how- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On social media, there's like a lot of reporters that are like trying to get interviews with Vanessa Bryant. Mm-hmm. That's that's his wife. Yeah. And it's like, leave her alone. Yeah. Like, why are you at her literally house? Like half People her, are in her house. Literally half of her family just died. Like, it, like Give her some space. For at least a month. Yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean, I know we have the we have the freedom of press, and I appreciate that. But come on, there, you gotta have some integrity at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, condolences to the Bryant family mm-hmm. and to the basketball world. Have you seen all the players switching their numbers? Yes, I have seen all the players switching their numbers, and also we saw all of the uh, teams that played on Sunday all take twenty-four second violations and eight-second violations and. All in, in favor of him. I think that's that's a good act. Yeah, I feel like that's. You don't really have an an event like this that really unites mm-hmm. like an entire or an entire league of players. This that's, one did. That's international, and it really did. Yeah. And Mark Cuban, he said he retired the number twenty four, <laughs> even though Mavs. he probably should have waited a day, in my opinion. Yeah, and retired. So Kobe didn't even play on the Mavericks. No. So, but they retired anyways. Yeah. So it's it's a little interesting. Some some teams are thinking about doing it. Yeah. But I feel like it's just like a case by case basis because mm-hmm. you had Joel Embiid played with the number twenty four, and he had a great game in honor of Kobe. And he actually scored twenty four points, which is yeah. wild. There's the twenty fourth point. There was, was some pretty crazy crazy statistics out there for that day. Like I know. Um, uh, I know Trey Young wore eight, mm-hmm. and then Devin Booker didn't wear anything. But those two together were big fans of Kobe, and they put up uh, eighty, like I think eighty-one points mm-hmm. or like something like that. And it was just it was crazy if you want to look up the stats about that. Yeah, and Trey Young was the first player with a forty-five point double double with under twenty-four shots since Kobe Bryant. Like yeah. it was like fifteen years okay. ago. Yeah, and also another crazy thing of why I think if you ever if you see Trey Young, he was taking it very hard, because Kobe's it, there was a report that said Kobe's daughter, which like Trey Young was Kobe's daughter's favorite player, so like I'm sure they've been in contact and like have hung out together and stuff like that. So he was taking it really hard. So it's pretty cool that he got to do what Kobe did basically. Yeah. What do you think about the NBA still playing games on that Sunday? Because um, I, I know see, some people have problems with it, I and I don't see, know where I stand yet. Yes, I did see that they were thinking about doing that, um, and the reason they said they would do that is because the players just w- didn't want to play. Because um, Kobe think, knew almost everyone in the league. Yeah, I think, I think I'm on the side of it. I would have liked to see them play, because I think that shows more of a tribute to him than than not playing. Because you can, you know, present more more stuff in honor of him. And like broadcast that, like if you just stop playing, like sure it makes a statement. Oh, we're not gonna play because we lost uh, an icon of basketball. But at the same time, like also I, th- I don't th- I think it shows like like Kobe, like I said, Kobe would want them to play, but you can still honor him through through playing. I think playing would show more honor to him than not. See, I think I think that's an interesting point. I kind of thought about that. And you could see that in, I don't know if you watched Carmelo Anthony's interview, but he said it was like the hardest game that he ever had to play, but he played 
because Kobe would want him to. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, at least by having the games up, you can at least put it on a case-by-case basis. Because you have some players, like Chris Paul didn't play, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of players have taken the games off be- to, like, you know, cope on a personal level. Mm-hmm. They, they could do that. But I think that they might have, they should have canceled it more as, like, as a moment of silence, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, n- not only for, like, the mental health of players, because even if you just pushed most of the games back one day, like, it'd be fine, honestly, because rearranging the NBA schedule, you'd have some more back-to-backs this week, but they could make most of them up, I think. So, I think that they probably should have canceled the games, and then the next day, mm-hmm. you know, like, give Sunday to Kobe Bryant, Yeah. give only, Monday back to the NBA. The only the only thing I have to think about that is, like, um... I, obviously, Kobe knew everybody in, in the league, and everyone knew him, but he was only, I would say he was only really good friends with maybe a handful of them, so he had people like, even for the Nuggets, like Michael Porter Jr., like, obviously he knows who Kobe Bryant is, and they're probably, they know each other, but I don't know if they're best friends, and like, he probably still wants to play in his honor, like, you know, like, as a coming from a coach, like, what better motivation for your team than to go and play for him today, mm-hmm. you know? That's fair, that's fair. Like, John Morant, like... He's a starter, and Zion Williams, like, they all know who Kobe Bryant is, and I'm sure they, they, like, support him and stuff like that, but they're not, like, friends with him like LeBron James is, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you, like what you said is, it's great. You, you can let those those veterans sit out and cope, but the young guys should still play. What do you think about them moving the L.A. game, the Clippers-Lakers game? Because they, it was supposed to be played on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so a couple days after, but they postponed it. You think that's a little different? That because was a little different because it's, it's the in city. LA. It's the city, yeah. Mm-hmm. The city that it all happened and where he's from and stuff like that. I think that one is is different. But at the same time, like I think it, great, it gives a great platform to honor him. Like, what better place to honor Kobe Bryant than at the Lakers Clippers game in the Staples Center, like in front of everybody, in front of the world? Like, that's literally the platform you could you could have to to remember him. So I mean, I mean, I, I bet the stands will still be filled. Yeah. For and I bet they'll still do something. Mm-hmm. And the a lot of the murals and art that I've seen has been really good as of late. And the they had like flowers outside of Staples Center and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And but they still hosted the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And they were they were actually trying to get Kobe fans to like back off and go away from like the Staples Center. But I feel like the Grammys. I don't know if they really hold up to the same level that Kobe Bryant did. No, let's be, honest. Honest. let's be honest, if Kobe Bryant was still alive, he probably would have been at the Grammys. So, yeah, <laughs> because that, that's the type of guy Kobe Bryant is. Yeah. That's the weight that he has to him. Mm-hmm. But um, I think um, going back to your your comment about Mark Cuban retiring 24 without Kobe Bryant there, and like you said, Joel, Joel Embiid rose 24 and all that stuff, like, I think, I don't know, it's tough. It's tough because you said other teams are probably going to start thinking about it too, and I think it's a good idea. But also, like, you got to think about the only other person I've seen in professional sports that has a number retired like that is Jackie Robinson, right? Forty-two is retired throughout all of baseball. Yeah, no, no baseball players can wear forty-two. Yeah, and I get that one because like he basically changed not just the landscape of of sports, but of all of America. Like he was the first Black African American player to play in baseball you know so like that's that's life-changing and I get it like I know Kobe has changed some like changed some lives obviously but has he changed like political social scale on the level that Jackie Robinson did you know like he's a great guy he's done a lot of work but has he like contributed to the the country like Jackie Robinson did that's what that's just what I think about like I think they should have let other teams. Like obviously, the Lakers were going to retire anyways. I mean, they they already retired eight and twenty four. Yeah, so I mean, like obviously that, but like a team like like Dallas, like that's great that they retired in honor of him, but like people can now people in Dallas can't wear twenty four to honor him if they want to, you know. There's there's been so there's a couple of players that have changed their numbers. Most notably, I believe Spencer Dinwiddie changed from number eight to mm-hmm. something else. I don't yeah. remember the exact number. 
Yeah. But, and you have that on like a case by case basis. Jaleel Oak Force changing from eight, but like, who cares about that guy? <laughs> but, and then there's this one player for the Pacers who said he's going to keep wearing 24 mm-hmm. because Kobe Bryant was his hero growing up and that's why he wears 24 in the first place. Yeah. So why would he change? Yeah. So I agree with you on like, you know, you could leave it on like an organization to organization basis, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if all organizations want to retire it, then so be it. But I don't think it should be a sweeping change made by the NBA and, like, Adam Silver. Yeah. So, if, like, your organization wants to retire 24, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? But I don't think it should be, like, a mass ruling from up top, if yeah. that makes sense. Exactly. That's what I, I would agree with you on that. So. And I guess on, like, that, that scale, too, I feel like... This is just like a personal comment, but I feel like 24 is more important than 8. I, I, absolutely. Because like 8 was the iconic, you know, the one who put up 81 points. Uh-huh. And the one who played with Shaq got a 3 Pete. Yeah. But 24 is when, because a lot of people who I disagree with in the first place are like, Ooh, Shaq carried Kobe to 3 rings, which is a bad take anyway. But... That's when Kobe really came into his own, and mm-hmm. he secured his fifth ring, yeah, well, and, and put himself in and I would say, the GOAT conversation. I would say in the next generation, like the generation coming up now, like when you think of Kobe Bryant, you think of 24. Yeah. You don't think of I 24. think of 24. I think of 24 as well. And obviously we're younger, but we're in that generation of like, we're in the mid-generation now. We're not like in our 50s yet, but we're also not the next, like we're the... The main working force generation. I mean, we we were born just before the 2000s started. Yeah. Basically, when Kobe's career started. Yeah. In in the 90s. Uh-huh. And so there was a couple of years where we could know Kobe has eight, you know, 81 points, mm-hmm. big news. But for the majority of his career that I watched, he was wearing 24. Yeah. So I, I'd say that like the people who are maybe in like late 80s, early 90s people, mm-hmm. maybe they associate eight with. Kobe Bryant. I would, I would argue that even, is probably 24. Yeah, I would argue even people that are 30 so were born in the late 80s would still think of 24 as Kobe. Kobe. I think you have to get back into like people that are 40 now, so the, the early 80s that would think think about Kobe as an eight. Well, we should put that up on our social media, our polls. Okay. When you think of Kobe Bryant, do you think of the number 24, or the number 28? Just that? eight. <laughs> Oh, I said 28, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Eight, no, 20, nobody thinks 24. of 28 with Kobe Bryant. No, that was he? my fault. <laughs> so if you think about 28, think about me. <laughs> but, and then texting us from wherever he is, yeah, Simon, Simon wanted us to make this sure. Is, this is our last, uh, would, you have any wrap-up thoughts about Kobe? I mean, I, I remember the first time I heard about Kobe was actually through one of my dad's friends, because mm-hmm. he was explaining a, a rock band commercial to me, He's all, <laughs> and you know, it's Tony Hawk, and... Da, 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 and Kobe Bryant. I was like, who's Kobe Bryant? I was probably like five. He's like, you know who Kobe Bryant is. I was like, are you sure? And then he showed me showed me like highlights. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> so that's, I knew who Kobe was for like the rest yeah. of my life. And, yeah. you know, fun, fun thing, by the way, I've played Zach. One of our friends, Zach Klein, he uses three Shane Battiers in 2K, and it's disgusting. <laughs> He's beat me when I've used three Michael Jordans and three LeBron Jameses because Shane Battier is a hack for those 2K players out there. But you know what dream team of three of the same athlete I beat him with? Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I did it. I did it on Sunday. Yeah, Mom Kobe, mentality. Kobe. Yeah. But, and then, Jesse, if you want to wrap us up and tell us what Simon had to think. Yeah. Then... My last thought is just like, it's yeah, it's a tragedy and it's how it happened. But I think it's going to bring us together as a sports community. So, brick to Kobe Bryant and prayers to his family. Um, and then our young friend Simon, he uh, wanted us to tell you guys that his favorite Kobe moment was his 60-point game, his last game. Wow, how original. Yep. It's like <laughs> you and I already talked about it. Yep. Maybe if he was here, he'd be able to chime in. But, but he decided to be sick instead. So that was his favorite moment. Um, his, like as well as ours so that was a big moment and that'll close the book on Kobe Bryant if anyone listening has any stories or personal thoughts on what they want to share regarding Kobe Bryant go ahead and just send them in comments on our Twitter send us messages on Instagram 
And we might read them out. Possibly. Possibly. If we get any. Yeah. We're still growing. But yes, we are. But anyways, um, when we come back, we're going to be talking Super Bowl predictions and preview. Absolutely. To the cycle 365 episode 18 um, we're gonna give our Super Bowl preview now yep we are that's really what's gonna happen yeah it's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers I'm very sad yeah it's, it's a pretty rough year both of these teams are not mm-hmm. ideal if the 49ers win they're gonna be like oh we have we have six rings and they're never gonna shut up about it and if the Chiefs win, well, that's just horrible for completely opposite reason. <laughs> I think, I think I'm rooting for the 49ers to win. Just putting it out there. I just don't want Kansas City to win. I don't want Kansas City to win. <laughs> but at the same time, I love my dad. So there will be like, the viewers can't see it, but Jesse, how small are my, how close are my fingers? To like it? a pen, top of a pen. Yeah, that's how much joy, if you want to call it that, I'd get from it, just for my dad. Because he's had to wait a lot longer than I had to mm-hmm. for my team to win a Super Bowl. I just Because he's 40. I'm just done with the Chiefs to win. Anyways, let's go through it real fast. So, they've had two weeks off. Because um, the Pro Bowl happened last weekend. We don't need to talk about that. It was a joke. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And that could be another poll. Did you guys watch the Pro Bowl? And should we? We're probably still not going to, even if you make a really good case. Because I've tried watching the Pro Bowl before. And yeah, it stinks. I mean, like, there was this one, they were, like, talking about, just go off on a tangent real fast about the Pro Bowl. I did see a few highlights that, like, oh, Fletcher Cox returned a, a lateral interception from Harrison Smith to the end zone. But if you watch it, Cortland Sutton is running right by him and could have tackled him if he wanted to, but he wanted to let Fletcher Cox score a touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's cool. <laughs> I feel like Pro Bowls are important for, like, an, a career resume. Yeah. You know? So, like, Champ Bailey is, like, a 14-time Pro Bowler or something yeah. stupid like that. Like, I feel like that's good. Mm-hmm. But the Pro Bowl as a game, I'd rather watch any other All-Star thing. <laughs> I'd rather watch the NHL 3-on-3 All-Star thing uh-huh. with the Skills Challenge. I'd rather watch MLB All-Star Weekend. It's probably my favorite because they have the Home Run Derby. Yeah, the only thing that I... And the All-Star game for MLB has implications to mm, it. Not too. anymore. I was going to tell you, this, this year was the first year they didn't do implications on it. I think it's dumb. I think they should go back to implications. It, sh- used to, it used to be the winner got home field advantage at the, at the World Series, which yeah, is crazy. That's I know. Wait. What did they, they changed that just now? That was this, this, this was the first year they didn't have implications on it. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness the Nationals won the World Series, I guess. But Yeah. Sh- that's so stupid. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it's frustrating because like, I feel like... Well, now it doesn't matter. Yeah. I feel like it's fun. Like, it's fun to have something to play for. Like... Obviously, in the Pro Bowl, players are playing for bonus checks. Yeah, too bad all of them are making more than, like, I will in my entire life just by being there, so. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what they're playing for, but, like, again, like, if you if you watch the game, Cortland Sutton is a monster, first of all. Like, he's almost as big as Fletcher Cox, but way more athletic. If you look at him running side by side, like, it's terrifying. How Cortland probably could have just pushed him over. Yeah. Honestly. But, like, and the announcers are like, oh, look at that stiff arm from Fletcher Cox. And then I was a little upset because they were saying, like, oh, Colin Sutton doesn't want anything to do with him. Like, this big man. I'm like, bro, if Colin Sutton, if you're in a real game, Colin Sutton would light him up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of just how the Pro Bowl went. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Two weeks off for both the Super Bowl teams. Um, who do you think has the upper hand? Let's I mean, talk about this. as far as having a two-week break, we saw both of these teams play after the bye. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, I feel like the Chiefs showed more rust than the Niners yeah. out of the gate following their bye weeks, of yeah. course. Because even though it ended up not mattering, the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing yeah. in their game. And that was because of rust. They were dropping passes. Yeah. And they were blowing assignments on defense. And I will say this. I will say this. Yes, for the Chiefs fans, yes, the Chiefs came back from a 24-point deficit after coming off the bye playing... Houston, but I don't think that can happen against the 49ers. I don't. If you're the 49ers and you are up 24 points, I mean, 
we've seen it. We've seen them do it against Green Bay twice, where they jump out to a huge lead and Green Bay can't catch up. Granted, the Chiefs are better than Green Bay. That's I why they're in the Super Bowl and the Packers aren't. But twenty-four points is a lot against that 49ers defense. And and I just think the way like I know people like everyone said that Derrick Henry was supposed to run all over the the Chiefs and not give him a lot of time. But Derrick Henry is just one guy. Like the 49ers have a handful of. Of dudes on the offense. They got dudes on the left. <laughs> yeah. Dudes on so the like right. They, they and they can they I would say I would say the 49ers will control the pace of the game. 100%. I think they have to. Yeah, well no, I think they will, no matter what. Because Kansas City's not a control the offense or control the game type of team. They're just like, let's score as many points as we can. Which is great. I think that that's a really good way to play. This I feel like this Super Bowl will be way more exciting than last year. Absolutely. Last year's Super Bowl was a stinker. I think it's going to be one of the most exciting Super Bowls in the last, like, four years, maybe. Because the Patriots aren't there. Yeah, it's exciting because there's new teams. Yeah, new quarterbacks. Like, this is... We're going to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and Jimmy Garoppolo. New decade, new NFL, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we don't keep seeing him, yeah. personally. Well, But just anything, the variety part. If anything, we might see Patrick Mahomes a few more times in his career. But I don't know about Jimmy G. We'll see. Well, if... So, would you agree with me, though, that coming out of the bye, that it favors the 49ers probably more than the Chiefs? Absolutely, absolutely, yes, for sure. Um, I think the only thing that's hurting the, the 49ers in that is, like, like both teams are going to get healthy, obviously, with the bye week, except for Tevin Coleman. Yeah, you can't fix a broken arm in two weeks. No, so Tevin Coleman it isn't coming back, which is a bummer for the 49ers, but they still have some good running backs. I mean... You have uh, Raheem... Raheem Mostert. Mostert, that's how you say And then name. Matt Burita. And those yeah, are both, so, they're and, both starting and, NFL starters. Yeah, Raheem went off yeah. against the Packers. And if anything, like, Raheem, Raheem has... Uh, Mostert has proven that if he doesn't re-sign with the 49ers, he can go to another NFL team and be a star. A, a number Absolutely. one. A number one. Um, so they basically have... And Matt Burita's been a starter in the NFL, and he, I think he still has the talent to be a starter. Yeah. So I think they have two starting running backs still, which is... Way more than a bunch of other teams have. Like they had three starters on their on their roster, which is crazy. Wasn't um, Jarek McKinnon on there once upon a time? He was. What the heck happened to that guy? Uh, anyways, anyways. <laughs> so um, it sounds like if we're looking at this at a position by position basis, which I feel like is appropriate for a yeah. breakdown, the Niners have the advantage at running back. Yes, but I'll give Kansas City the advantage at quarterback. Yes, I I agree. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. He missed some time this year, but he still threw 24 touchdowns yeah, no, in a shortened season. He's still, I said he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I feel like that's completely fair. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't voted to the Pro Bowl or anything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't all pro. Nope. But, comeback player of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it. I believe it. <laughs> um, anyways, and then I'm going to, if we're going on this position by position basis, I'm going to say receivers wise, so tight ends and receivers, pretty even. I'm yeah, gonna say it's I feel pretty like... even there, like that you can't, because like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, they they're interchangeable as the one and two best tight ends in the league. Yeah, and then I'm gonna say like Tyreek Hill and Emmanuel Sanders. Like Tyreek Hill, a little more speed, but I'd probably take Emmanuel Sanders because he can do more. I feel like I probably go with Tyreek Hill. You seen Tyreek Hill th- throw? How many touchdown passes did Tyreek Hill throw? Okay, but <laughs> they that's, what, that's what you need in the Super Bowl. You need you need plays like that, like the Philly special. Like you need plays that are out of the ordinary. You need trick plays, and Emmanuel Sanders is a master of trick plays. I mean, I feel like that's fair, but as far from pure wide receiver standpoint, I probably take mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. Okay, he's a little bit younger. All right, so we'll, we'll get the edge Tyree Kill against Tyree Kill and Emmanuel Sanders, the two ones, and then and then the twos, Sammy Watkins and uh, Debo Samuel. D- definitely Debo Samuel. Yeah, definitely Debo. Yeah. Debo Samuel. Uh, no debate on there. Uh-huh. He's he's going to be a legitimate wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. So that just proved how it's this is such an even receiving core for both teams. I feel like the 49ers, it, so going from position to just a wide view of the offense, they're uh-huh. way more balanced. Yes. However, the Chiefs can score on any play. Yeah. On any play, the Chiefs can score. Yeah. And I believe LaShawn McCoy will not be sick anymore. <laughs> For the Super Bowl, but I don't know how many snaps we're going to be looking at. I mean, I'd still take the whole 49ers backfield over the Chiefs backfield, even with Sean McCoy in there. Any day. 
Do you think LaShawn McCoy could have an impact on this game if he gets enough touches? Or do you feel like it's Damian Williams' backfield? It's Damian Williams' backfield, and if there's going to be any um, impact that LaShawn McCoy has, it's going to be a fumble, and it's going to be something that hurts the Chiefs. He does carry the ball like a loaf of bread. Yeah, so I think that that'll be the impact he will have if he plays a number of snaps. I think, I don't think, if he plays a number of snaps, like a, a big number of snaps, I think it's going to actually hurt the Chiefs more than it'll help them. What do you think of the Chiefs offensive line versus the Niners offensive line? Um, I mean, when you go back to what you said about the Chiefs are such a big play offense, like obviously they need some time to throw the ball, but at the same time, like if you just throw it to Tyreek Hill outside and a second and he runs all the way, like I feel like the 49ers, op- or not the 49ers, I feel like I would give the edge to the 49ers offensive line, first of all, to answer your question, but I think it's because Kansas City's offensive line is just always a wild card. Like they either, are, they're not really needed that often <laughs> in that offense. I mean, they've kept Patrick Mahomes in a clean pocket, but, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick Mahomes almost works better outside the pocket. Yeah. So, well, at that point... The majority of his big plays are outside the pocket, so, like, it doesn't even matter what the offensive line is doing. Plus, I feel like the Niners... I feel like the lives of the Niners' offensive line is easier. A, because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scramble as much as Patrick Mahomes does. Mm-hmm. And B, when you run the ball as well as the Niners do... It's because you have it a makes, good line. <laughs> you have a good line, and it makes it easier to pass. Yeah. Because whenever you do play, fla- play fakes, like mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan likes to call, then yeah. it just yeah. sets up a better opportunity. So I'm going to give the line edge to the 49ers. Are you going to... And then duplicate that on the defensive line. The defensive side, I'm just going to say the whole defense of the 49ers is better than the whole Kansas City defense. In general. Even at safety? Yeah. I think they're fine. Tyron Ty- Matthew, though? I mean, besides Tyron like, Ty Matthew is good, but I still like... What, what's one guy going to do on the defense? Well, I'm just saying on a position-by-position basis. Okay, so we can give Ty, we can give Ty Matthews the the edge at safety. Yeah. But other than that, I think the 49ers defense is better. <laughs> I, All at every position. <laughs> I'd have to agree, honestly. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I mean we've seen how disruptive the front seven for the Niners can be. Mm-hmm. However, even though even though it sounds like we're writing off the Chiefs' defensive efforts, I'm not going to completely write them off. I'm not going to write them off. Because they did bottle up Derrick Henry last week. Uh But at the same time, the Titans don't have the weapons that the 49ers do. (laughs) Honestly, on the offensive side of the ball, I see a lot of similarities between the Titans and the Niners. I feel like A.J. Brown is a better receiver than anybody that the Niners have, not named George Kittle. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Derrick Henry's a better running back than anybody in the Niners' backfield. I think it comes down more to matchups. Like, I think they're going to be more... For the 49ers, they have more... They have more... Like you said, they're more of a rounded team, right? The 49ers' offense is rounded. And so, like, when when you're playing the Tennessee Titans, you can key on Derrick Henry because he's their workhorse. He's the one, like, you got to match up with your best players. Same with A.J. Brown, right? But if you're, if you're let's say... They bring in a two, like they said, even Kyle Juszczyk, the tight end. He's basically a tight end, the fullback. He's basically a tight end running back, but he's not, he like, he blocks good too, but like, he's another tight end that's probably in the top 25 tight ends in the NFL, right? Um, so like, if you bring in a two, two running back set with Raheem, Raheem Mostert and Matt Burita, whereas on the flip side of Tennessee, you have Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. You know who to key on in that backfield is Derrick Henry. But you don't know who to key on in a Matt Burita, Raheem Moser backfield. Plus, then you have to match up with George Kettle and Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Sims. You know, so I, think I just have, they have more, like, they, they definitely have similarities, but I think matchup-wise, they have people that match up better against Kansas City and will be on top of them. If you're the Kansas City defensive coordinator, but there's a little role play, but... It, um, if you have the unfortunate mm-hmm. career of being the Kansas City defensive coordinator, because we're Bronco fans, yeah. do you put Tyrant Matthew on George Kittle all game? You see, you could, but at the same time, like he's an undersized safety. Like He's a great safety, but I think George Kittle would bully him. I really do. 
I mean, Tyron Matthew has really good ball skills, though. He has good ball skills, but again, if you put... if George Kittle is an athlete, right? Yeah. He's a freak. If you put the ball up, he's going to go get it over Tyron Matthew. doesn't matter how good ball skills he has. If they throw it over him... Uh, I'll, I'll say that we have to see, but I feel like Tyron Matthew is... I feel like he can match up with George Kittle really well. Okay. Because I feel like he's more athletic than George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a safety. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's kind of been an unsung hero of sorts for this Kansas City defense this postseason. Mm-hmm. The only thing, the only thing I'll counter with it is, he, he may lock down, he may lock down uh, George Kittle, but then it goes back to the fact that, like, like we said, Tyron Matthews probably the best is, is the best player on that defense. Yeah, you need him to do more than just cover George Kittle. Yeah, because he also has to cover Raheem Moser. He also has to cover Emmanuel Sanders. Like. Even Debo Samuels, like he has to be there. He cannot be on. So the answer question: No, I'm not covering Tyron Matthew on George Kittle the whole game because I need him to move around. You know, like he has to cover other people because I just don't have the people. Again, I don't have the people that match up with those other players well enough. Like sure, George Kittle might not get enough passes, but then Emmanuel Sanders is going to receive for 100 yards and two touchdowns. You know. And then if you put it on them, so I just think the matchup game is what you got to play for the 49ers offense. So if you're if you're the Niners, how do you win this game? You're Kyle Shanahan. You run the ball. <laughs> this this is the same thing that the Titans mm-hmm. thought. Yeah, but, but again, like okay, run the ball. The Titans ran the ball up the middle. They were ready for that. But Raheem Moses is more of a, I would say, scat back, right? So he's more of a versatile one where you can pitch him to the outside. Give him on a swing route, like a swing route behind the line of scrimmage is technically a run. So like, you know, stuff like that. And they run the ball really well to the outside in the yeah, zone. Exactly, and that's not like the Chiefs show that they can stop Derrick Henry, but they don't run outside zones very often. They pound him right up the middle. So I think you run the ball and then play action. Now for your other answer, if I'm what I'm going to do, if I'm the Chiefs defensive coordinator, you just got to blitz Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the only way you can like. That's how you're going to win the game. Do you think they can? Yeah, I think they can. I think they can blitz him. So, I'm going to mention, before we do our predictions and final analysis, I'm going to mention Simon, yeah. with no context, said that he chooses Kansas City for this game. That That's all he said. That's all he said is, I'm picking KC for the Super Bowl. All right. <laughs> Over text. So, we have no context for that, but that's that's Simon's pick. Mm-hmm. Jesse, who do you got for the Super Bowl? I think the 49ers are going to win. I didn't make it clear in my predictions or preview. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I got the vibe. Yeah. But we, no, we I gotta... think the 49ers will win. Mainly because I think, again, just seeing through what has happened to the Chiefs throughout the playoffs, I think the 49ers are going to jump out to a big lead at first. I really do. And then I think their defense is going to lock it down. Do you see this being a close game? Uh, I think it's gonna be a closer game than than a lot of people think. But also, I think I think the score because Kansas City is gonna score at least twenty eight points. So I think the I think the I think the final score is the 49ers, thirty four, Chiefs twenty eight. That sounds like a good game. Sounds better than last year. Yeah. What was it like thirteen and nine? Yeah. Something boring. I am going to agree with you on the Niners winning. However, I feel like it'll be a bit more... I don't feel like the Niners are going to jump out to a huge lead. I feel like they're just going to outlast the Chiefs yeah. more than anything. So I see... Because I know that in Super Bowls, there tends to be less points scored, typically, than even like a regular game. So I'd have to say that it's going to be something like 28 to 24 Niners, mm-hmm. where you know the Niners go on a 13-play drive score a touchdown, and the Chiefs come back and score in two minutes. And the Niners go on another long drive, mm-hmm. and they just eventually wear out the Chiefs' defense where they can just run out the clock at the end of the game. Yeah. All right. So we got two Niners and one Chiefs. Let us know what you guys think. Jesse, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I'll be on an airplane. Be on an airplane? <laughs> yep. During the Super Bowl? During the Super Bowl. So you have to watch the Super Bowl on a plane. I'll watch the Super Bowl, hopefully on my phone on the plane. Bruh. I'm going to hit you with the bruh. <laughs> yeah. But that's... When I, okay, when I was scheduling flights, I didn't realize 
that it was that exact day, that exact time. Until I looked back and I was like, oh crap, the Super Bowl is on where my flight is. And you call yourself a football fan. <laughs> okay, but in our defense, we don't want, we don't care about either team, so. I mean, it's still the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I'll. Because you and I kind of talked about how Simon's like, uh, playoffs, Steelers aren't there. Pfft, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I'll like, still I mean, watch the Super Bowl. Good. I'll still watch the Super Bowl, but it's not like as big of a deal for me if like even a different team's in Like, obviously the Broncos, but. Even if like, if it was, like the, the Vikings were in it or the Ravens, like something like that. But like, I don't care about the Chiefs. Um, I've I've watched two Chiefs games, three maybe three Chiefs games all year. The ones that they played Broncos twice, and then I didn't even watch the Houston game, <laughs> and then the game when they played the Titans. So I literally watched three Chiefs games. And I watched maybe one or two 49ers games that were prime time. So Same. Like, I watched the Packers one. I didn't really watch the Vikings one too yeah. much. Yeah. And I watched the Ravens one because mm-hmm. that was a great game. So, I mean, like, I didn't go out of my way to find these two teams to watch them like I would other teams. Um, even if the Titans were in it, I would be more interested in it, you know? That's fair. And I'm thinking about wrapping it up with something fun. Jesse, what is your favorite Super Bowl dish <laughs> that well, you can't eat on the plane? What are you going to be can, thinking I about? I can eat whatever I want on the plane. <laughs> I can get it and bring it on. Fair but, enough. Um, probably chicken wings. Chicken wings. Yeah. Those are good. I, I'm going to have to recommend pizza. Pizza? You can never go wrong with pizza on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Pizza's good. I like chicken wings though. What if you had both? There you go. That's a, the cycles, Super Bowl <laughs> dinner, wings and pizza. But maybe a little bit of salad on the side? No. What do you mean No. <laughs> No, it's the Super Bowl. I'm unhealthy. <laughs> you eat, you can eat 50 chicken wings and five pieces of pizza. Just have a little salad. No, I'm drinking. My side is soda or <laughs> chips. It's only gonna get worse for me. Yeah. Okay, the cycle is not serving any of this food, so it doesn't matter. But the main course is chicken wings and pizza. Yeah. Let us know. What about cake? I mean, I'll eat cake, I guess. Pie. I mean, pie's. I, it's just, I don't see that out of, like, my Super Bowl dinner table. Okay, I guess it's okay, different for me. When I went to the Bronco, with the Broncos for the Super Bowl, there is cake. Okay. I guess it's different. Cake's good. My girlfriend likes to make cupcakes of the teams, especially with the Vikings. Oh. Well, that sounds lovely. But, Jesse, <laughs> not all of us have that luxury. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But thank you. That wraps it up. Yeah. For this episode of The Cycle. We'll be back with more sports news and hopefully one more host next week. Yep. But signing off. Is that my thing now? Bye.